That wasn't any act of God, that was an act of pure human fuckery. There's a lot of fuckery. That's right, we're a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about chapter 116, The Stand. Written by Danielle Iman and Evan Kyle, directed by Sierra Shooter Glade. Yeah, yeah, you embrace your nickname. You embrace it, you make it your identity, all caps, yeah. So I, I had to check. I had to check Sierra Glade's uh, IMDb page. Excuse me, Shooter. I had to check Shooter's IMDb page to see uh, how she's been credited. There are three jobs for which she's been credited as Shooter. Uh-huh. Only on Riverdale is it all caps. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly the sort of episode you should expect today. Do you think people get annoyed with that when they have that type of name <laughs> thing going on where they're like, excuse me, all caps, please. Mm-hmm, all, mm-hmm. all of it. Well, like, she finally got her way, I suppose. Like, I can't get that specific because I'm just happy if someone, like, comes within, like, the general vicinity of my name. <laughs> you don't want them to have to hit a shift key at the same Oh, my goodness. Let's just get the vowels right. <laughs> there are a lot of them. So... This episode. Yes. We we open, like always, with some Jughead narration. Telling us that this might be the last article he ever writes. And it, it might be because he's gone, or the town is gone, or both. He's writing articles about, about this? Apparently. All of his narration has been like, he's recording this in the school newspaper, I... which is the only remaining newspaper. <laughs> I guess, like, (laughs) unless he just refers to his, like, diary as the articles. Oh, that would be a dope name for a diary. That could happen. I mean, I would personally go with, like, the archives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's a little better, a little more on brand with what you're doing. The vault. Ooh, the vault. The vault. Uh, But while Jughead is talking about the imminent threat from Percival Pickens... He is levitating four feet off the ground in lotus position. Well, we are reminded that he is an interdimensional sorcerer. Yes. In case you haven't been watching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and what we find out is that Percival has shut down the borders to the town. Will this quarantine matter? No. no. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> Uh, so he shut it down so no one can leave and so no one can come. Not that anyone would come because no one knows what's going on. Because I guess that does mean that the articles are actually Jughead's diary and that they aren't being published anywhere for anyone to read. Well, the visual, like, aid for this line is Pop Tate in Pops Royale turning off the TV because the signal has gone dead. W-R-I-V is off the air. Well, yeah, but I'm just thinking, like, okay, his his newspaper isn't getting published online. Like, no. (laughs) Jughead, you got a blog. You got a blog these days, Jughead. So that must mean it's just his diary. Why aren't you on co-host? Why isn't Jughead choasting? Come on. Now, I do think it's interesting how, for there is this blackout and this lockdown, how cell phones still work. 
Mm-hmm. Totally fine. They work inside the town of Riverdale. But they can't get out. He built a giant Faraday cage around oh. the border. Oh, so we're doing like that other show, like the the dome. Yes, it's oh. the dome. It's the dome. The dome. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Jughead's like, you know, not to worry, because we have Archie Andrews. He was in the army twice. It's fine. <laughs> and Archie is standing over a great big map in his office at El Royale, and he is laying out battle plans with Lincoln Logs and little green army men. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> this also does not matter. No. Like, it matters none. It's it's his thinking table. We know that Archie is thinking about strategy when he leans over this table and does a furrowed brow. No plan that is discussed. We're going to have like at least three separate plans. They don't come from the table. No one looks at the table. They are illustrated plans. on the table. It's just his thinking zone. Uh, Jughead also lets us know, reminds us in case we weren't watching... Um, that, you know, where Pops used to be was built over the Hellmouth, and that's, like, been running wild, so they gotta seal it. And mm-hmm. so then we get, like, Cheryl and Heather, like, Cheryl's just holding a stick. She's holding a fork stick as a dowsing rod. She's trying to find her, her, her snape. While Heather is, uh, dowsing with a pendulum, and they both find the exact spot on the floor in the White Worm, which is the basement of Pops. So then they put... Which is also why I don't understand why they're like, oh, no, there's nothing here. You got the white worm. Just make the white worm pops. It's fine. <laughs> um, but they're like, okay, I'm going to put this this holy grail goblet. Yes, we still have the holy grail. Don't forget. It's just been ch- kicking around in Tabitha's junk drawer. The fucking holy grail. <laughs> and it's going to it's gonna catch the escapingness. It gets and we watch filled it fill. up with evil juice. Evil juice. It's... It's the stuff in the little canister in the cold open of Prometheus? Yeah. See, if Fangs and Sweet Pea were, like, still hanging out in this town, I'd be like, oh, don't do that. One of them's going to drink it. (laughs) But Fangs seems a lot smarter now that, like, they're not hanging out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's grown up a lot in the the last eight years. Yeah. He's a father now. He can't be drinking weird black goo. He watched Prometheus. He knows what happens. Okay, maybe the sign should be for Jughead. Don't eat the mysterious burger that suddenly (laughs) appears. Don't drink the black goo. So we know what evil is. It is a black bubble goo. Obviously. You got the black oil in the X-Files. You Mm -hmm. got the Prometheus goo. You got uh, other goos. Yeah, if your goo is black, don't look back. Run. Don't do it. Run. Get away. So the next step in their big plan is uh, uh, to not only shore up their defenses, but to hurt Percival's. They gotta raid the oddity shop and take away his weapons. So they send Reggie alone. Almost alone. With Cheryl. Seemingly alone until, yeah, a a minute later. They send Reggie and Cheryl to steal everything from the oddity shop. But Reggie's like... "Mm." Everything's gone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Percival's cleared out. He's taken all his weapons, probably to arm his troops. And, like, Archie's like, wait, what troops? Probably the fucking ghosts he's gonna get. Like, (laughs) come on, where you guys been? But but Archie's like, okay, you know what? Here's the green light to burn the place down anyway. He won't be able to use it as a safe house. And Reggie saves the Hiram painting on his way out. He sees it and he's like, you know what? 
I should take that. That means something to someone I care about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Reggie's totally getting some. He's <laughs> gonna Hyrule? die. Okay. He's gonna die. Veronica's gonna kill him with her, like, poisonous vagina. But... He'll die with a smile on his face. It'll be the last thing he ever eats. <laughs> oh, my God. So... Uh, gets outside and tells Cheryl to, to torch it, and she uses her powers with the worst CGI fire I've ever seen, and they high-five. They don't even nail the high-five. No, they kind of so glance good. off each other. I, it's very realistic. I love the high-five, because that is exactly how the two of them would high-five. Like, Grungy's like, oh, you want me to touch you? Like, they, what the They fuck? don't hang out. They've never high-fived before. They aren't looking at each other. They're both they looking at the fire. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of, man. They don't talk to each other. No. This is first time they've talked to each other since, since high school. Yeah. Reggie's like, this is the weirdest team up I've ever been a part of. We love a rare pair in, in one of these. Uh, uh, so over at Thornhill, right? It must yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Polly's there. Because Polly's there with her husband from beyond, so that's why she's at Thornhill. I think she lives there. Well, yeah, because it's... Because they got married there. in heaven. Yeah, and like yeah. the twins are there and everyone's yeah. there. So in Thornhill, the Cooper girls are having a conversation. Yes, and Betty is just venting about, you know, what do they do now, you mm-hmm. know, after their mom was executed. And, and, and Polly's Polly, all like, rise above, turn the other cheek, it's going to be okay. And, it, you know, take it from my experience. I know that she's in a, Don't you fucking dare! <laughs> do not tell me she's in a better place. I'll want to hear it. You've been to the better place. <laughs> wait, wait, no. No, she hasn't. Betty's the exception. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else saw the better place. She's only heard secondhand reports and she does not care. She does not want to know she cannot go there. Or maybe she can because her can. feet were washed. She, what the she fuck? She glows all gold now. Uh, she shouts at uh, uh, Polly, all I have is rage. So no, I won't calm down. I'm going to speak to the manager of Percival Pickens. Um, She's becoming her mother, really. Yes, and what we find out is that the hope is that Cheryl will be able to resurrect them, but she needs the bodies. She mm-hmm, can't do mm-hmm. it without the bodies. And Polly's all like, oh, have faith, Betty. And she's like, fuck you, I, not, I don't have faith. Rage! <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Feel you on like a cellular level, Betty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so meanwhile... Uh, Kevin has gone to Tony and Fangs, where he is processing the loss of his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they are just such a supportive family, because what have they done? They have called Moose and snuck him in before the borders close, so he can be there to comfort Kevin in his time of need. So this is why I say the barricade does not matter. This is the only time it's mentioned, is being defied. <laughs> I don't know. Last time it happened. I don't know. <laughs> so, so meanwhile, Veronica goes to Archie. She's like, hey, I got your message on, like, how, how are you doing? And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I can't sleep and, like, I can't keep anything down because, like, I just came back from the dead. And she's like, no, no, no. How are you doing with the loss of your uncle? So now we see our three reactions, right? All Betty has is rage. Kevin is grabbing his grief with both hands and has gone to... His very unique family structure uh, uh, for support. And Archie is in total denial, burying burying himself in Lincoln Logs. And little army men. (laughs) That's why he really has this. It's his way to pass the time. (laughs) 
so they they have a little chat about how you know Cheryl and Heather are looking for ways to try to block um the power of the comet yes the power of the comet and Archie's like okay so I got like this meeting scheduled uh for the rules of engagement with Percival and I want you to be there because you're like the best most expert negotiator and she loves flattery it's also true she is probably the one that's come the closest to like a lot of wars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, the serpents have, but I kind of feel like all the, like, mafia wars she's been almost involved with are maybe a little more impressive. She's made the most deals by far. Yes. Some of them were good, even. Yeah. A, a couple. Yeah. Yeah. So over at Pops, uh, they are gathered with everyone, mm-hmm. and they obviously everyone. just got done. Everyone. Even Moose is here. Why? I don't know. Because he's a member of the gang. Yeah, th- this is another episode where Moose just shows up places. He doesn't talk. He's, he's just, just there. along for the ride with Kevin. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's the emo- emotional support schnauzer. He's the designated driver. They're filling everyone in on their plan, and they're all like, you can't do that, that's a trap. And they're like, but it's like our only way, and like we have to because of the war. Also, like, maybe we can negotiate for the bodies. So this big meeting uh, uh, is just about, like, getting everyone on the same page, what they're trying to bargain for, and what they are willing to offer in return. Yes. If he wants us to surrender, do we surrender? Hell no. Big big no on that one. Uh, Do we give him half of Riverdale? Half of a town. (laughs) No. Okay. Uh, If the only choice is to fight, do we fight? Yeah. When do we want it? Now. And uh, uh, Cheryl is, again, confused and, and pipes up with, let me go all supernova on his ass. Please. Cheryl says, please. <laughs> she just wants to burn his fucking face off. And you know what? <laughs> I think she has a really good point. They have not tried this. They just not let her this. try. Just let her. Um, they try some things later that suggest it might work pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Cheryl is maybe right all along. But Tabitha's all like, well, no, like, for all we know, you burning his face off could be what triggers the end of the world. Yeah, but it could also not. Tabitha, how closely did you look at all of these possible timelines? I'm guessing it could have been a little more thorough. A little more specific in what you were looking for? I'm expecting, like, Bernard in the current Westworld season when somebody tells, tells me... That they, like, looked through every possible branch of time. Yeah. I want someone who looks like they know what's happening because they saw it before. And Tabitha's just like, That's I don't know. Uh, uh, it's like she just went and saw that there was an apocalypse everywhere, but she didn't actually look at how it happened. Yeah. yeah I, I guess she's taking her cues more from the Umbrella Academy, I guess. I think they have more information than this. Like <laughs> That's saying something. They at least had like an eyeball and shit. <laughs> so so they all come to something of an agreement. So uh after they're like grouped apart, uh mm-hmm, Tabitha mm-hmm. corners uh Veronica and Archie and uh she's like, hey, Like, okay, I don't actually know if Cheryl's, like, burning people will, like, do it. But what I do know is, like, in one of the times we succeeded, you guys did go to the Babylonian. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that's important. (laughs) So you guys should probably do that. Take better notes, Tabitha, please. (laughs) Take better notes. But she does point out the fact that, you know... 
Percival's immortal, but like not invincible. So yeah. maybe there's like something we can work with there. Yeah, you can hurt him real fucking bad. Yeah. You can hurt him really bad. Lock him up in something that can't be eaten by bugs. Now over at the Babylonium. Mm-hmm. Percival is speaking with his uh, current top lieutenant, Twyla Twist. Yes. Having killed his other top lieutenants. I thought she was dead. <laughs> no, no. She she got away. She's the only ghoulie to escape the turkey shoot. Oh, I thought she died too. And in the time since, the ghoulies have been recruiting because down below them on the main floor of Babylonium, there are a whole lot of ska punks. Yeah. Yes. We got Weatherby. Yes. We got Dr. Colonel Jr. And the social worker. Miss whatever her name was. I don't remember. So, see how they've been drawing from, like, other people in the town that are unaffiliated with the hero crew have had their minds bent and forced into ghoulie service. And it's great. Honestly, Weatherby really rocks it. Yeah, yeah, but what's he going to do in a street fight? He has had several of his organs stolen. Well, Twilight Twist has this concern, too. She's like, they're all kind of fucking new. <laughs> and so Percival is like, yeah, they're not supposed to win. They're supposed to get totally bowled over and buy me, like, two minutes to do the important shit. And Twyla's like, oh, fuck, I'm a patsy. God damn it. I think she technically finds that out later, but... Eh, yeah, whatever. Uh, so, uh, Archie and Veronica show up to talk to Percival, and he's like, Oh, Miss Lodge, I want you to know I have filters in my nostril, and my body is coated in a secret sealant. What do we think is the special sealant in which he is coated? I think it's Body Glide, used by runners. Let me paint you a picture with my words. Okay. We've seen the, the, the like, hot tub in the Starlight Lounge, or whatever. In, in Babylonian, where Percival is staying. Mm-hmm. I want you to fill that with Elmer's glue all the way to the top. <laughs> and, and Percival steps in one foot at a time and lowers himself in and it overflows and Elmer's glue comes over the edge and into the carpet. Yeah. Yes. I prefer the idea to think that he's like brainwashed like Dr. Colonel Jr. to take like a body glide, like which is like a deodorant. <laughs> Just, like, all over his naked body as he stands there. That lady... Keep rubbing! That lady who uh, got so covered in gold paint she died in Goldfinger. But he didn't die because that's fake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like... Doo -doo -doo -doo. That's in the book, too. There's, like, a whole two paragraphs about how James Bond knows for a fact that if someone's entire skin is covered in paint, they will die. And that's why places that do body painting leave like a little couple square inches uh, uh, to be covered by, you know, something like like they're they're topless, but but wearing like a bikini bottom. There's a little bit of unpainted skin on their butt so they don't die. What? There's a lot of weird stuff in James Bond books and people just focus on the, the what is repeated as a true and honest fact that homosexuals cannot whistle. That one's weird enough, but it's not by any means alone. They're not going to paint your eyeballs or like your, t your the inside of your mouth. I mean, also people don't breathe through their skin like insects. That's yeah. part of it. Well, that's a big part of it. That's what they, what the fuck? James Bond is stupid. <laughs> um, so they, they start negotiating. And of course, they're like, first thing we want back is our dead. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's like, you know, what you going to give me? And Archie's like, me, I'll give you me. 
I'm invincible, and, like, you can have me, and... You can have fun fucking me up in all sorts of great ways, and that means I won't be around for the final battle. And Percival goes up to the wall... And pulls out a mace. A big spiked mace that he claims was forged in the fiery pits of Asgard, which means Asgard is real. Yes. Like... Yes. Percival is from Rivervale. Yes. But the mace isn't... The mace is from Rivervale... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> Asgard exists Asgard in this world. Asgard exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, nah, I don't want you. And they're like, okay, what if we split the town he's down the, f- the middle? He's the first person in the history of the show to say that. <laughs> Percival totally wanted Archie at some point. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so then they like split the town down the middle. And he's like, no. Uh, and he's like, I want revenge on your friends, and I want you to give up all your property and all your money and pledge your allegiance to me on your knees. Nothing else, nothing else really works for me. After this scene was over, I remember that this is the first time Percival has seen one of the people that he killed. Yeah, and he has no fucking reaction. No reaction whatsoever. (laughs) He's just like, yep, this is accepted. I mean, he did, like, have a text with Archie to, like, okay. set up this negotiation. That's true, that's true. He, he so, must have, uh, he, he probably, like, raised his eyebrows in curiosity also, or like, something. He also, like, texted all of them to be like, hey, your families are dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not like he knew. Well, he wanted their, all of their next of kins to also know. Like, oh, that when, whenever Mary Andrews gets this phone, she'll know. <laughs> no, he know. He knew. So that's why. Uh, so then Veronica goes off about how, like, oh, you think you're so tough? You think you're so awful? Well, before you, Riverdale had a different asshole. And that was my father. And you know what? I put a hit out on him. And my only regret is I didn't pull the trigger myself. And she pulls so out a she gun. she pulls a gun on per- Finally! Someone is pulling a gun on Percival Pickens. And so she tries to shoot him, but he does his sorcererness. Uh-huh. And the gun shoots flowers. <laughs> they lifted from the Twilight Mirage. That's amazing. And he's like, oh, the time for negotiation's over. We'll have our battle at 8.30 uh, at the chocolate shop. Okay, okay. I love to battle at 8.30 at the chocolate shop. Well, he wants to be home by 11. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't want to start at 9. That's kind of too close. But because he is a magnanimous soul, after all, he does agree to, to give up the three corpses with nothing in return. What's he going to do with them anyway, right? Psh, come on. Uh, so back at, uh, mm-hmm. at Pops Royale, uh, they have brought the caskets there because it is nice that Percival um, supplied them with some really nice caskets. I mean, those are like $5,000 a pop. So like, that's a really nice donation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The The plan is that Cheryl is going to try to resurrect the bodies, but she needs to go into the mines because that's where she has to be to call on her Phoenix powers. Um, but Betty's like, okay, but before you do that, like, I just want to see my mom. I just want to like say bye in case it doesn't work. And she opens the cor- the, the, opens the corpse. That's Dr. Curl Jr.'s job. Her she, best friend in the world. She opens the casket and quickly closes it. And she's making horrified faces. There, there's some nightmare inside and everybody's like, oh, Betty, what is it? What, did, is it not her? What happened? And like, it's her. 
It's most of her. There's no head. He didn't give the heads. Archie, you gotta check the merchandise. Like, the thing is, is like Veronica like runs over or one of them's like, oh my gosh, is it not her? Like you didn't even- You didn't look. You gotta check. Veronica, I expect better of you. He could have given you caskets filled with bombs. It's Percival, so it probably would have been like, I don't know, the the black evil goo or something. The but plague. yes, yes. The plague comes out of there or something like The special thirteenth plague is inside. Yes. So uh, then they check the other caskets and everyone has similar reactions finding out that Keller doesn't have a head and Frank doesn't have a head. And I'm just like, Oh my god, you got a trick. And this poses a big, big problem for Cheryl. Because in order to resurrect them phoenix-wise, she needs the body to be whole. How are we defining whole? I saw a lot of shit happen to Jason over the years. He was just a, a smoking skeleton by the time he turned into phoenix dust. I think it would just be better to state we need the head. Yeah, yeah. We need a spine and a skull. Mm-hmm. There we go. There were rats... Coming out of his body. You just need bones. You just need bones. <laughs> and that's when we get the opening credits. Yeah. <laughs> After two episodes worth of events. <laughs> so much shit. Before we got the opening credits. So when we come back, Jughead's making a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that's the noise I was making through the entirety of this episode. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want one too? <laughs> and she's like, no, I want to convince you to run far away through your magic portals to anywhere on earth. Just make a portal and leave. And he's like, I came back from the dead for this. <laughs> I really wanted the sandwich. No, I he, said I was going to try. He came back from the dead in order to fight this final battle. He is integral, and he's going to do his job. And Tabitha's like, I know, because in every one of those thousand blah 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 universes I asked, and you always said the same thing. So we remember some things. <laughs> we checked out some things. Not maybe the most important things, but some things. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, Percival is doing a spell with, uh, multiple ventriloquist dolls that he has had custom made yes, to- Yes, yes. There's four of them, and this is- they, they do, uh, uh, correspond to four people that are about to have a spell befall them, bewitch them, but it is not a medium in which, uh, likenesses are immediately recognizable. <laughs> I really did not get one of them. Yeah, yeah, and one is always in the back. So yes. you don't even get a chance to get the fourth one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Two of them I got. Yes. But I do love, so all these ventriloquist dolls are like tied together, like back to back with a rope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's good. Uh, so over at Archie's, uh, Reggie's there, they're having some beers. Uh, Archie's talking about the plan that he thinks they should, uh, leave their houses and go into Fox Forest and hide. Uh, and Reggie's all like, oh, you think we should, like, run? Well, no, we're gonna, like, get down and dirty and, like, be ready to attack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which Reggie's like, oh, that, that sounds like a great idea. And, and he asks for another brewski brosif, which makes Bingo growl at him because who the fuck talks like that? Or is Bingo growling because something's going on? Because Reggie's expression has changed. Oh. Oh. 
So next door to this conversation that's happening, uh, Betty is on the phone with Polly. And Polly's like, you know, I just want to make sure you're okay. And Betty's like, no, I need space. Like, I gotta go. I just want an evening by myself. Uh, but then she hears something that she has to go investigate. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Veronica's at home. And Abuelita's at the door. Abuelita's there. She's knock, knock, knocking for a special unannounced visit. And meanwhile, uh, Cheryl is with Heather. And uh, they are, have been doing research about Bailey's comment. Mm-hmm. And, and Heather has something very important to tell her. But they get interrupted by Jason, who's in his archery gear and is like... Share, share, want to play. Come play with me. You never want to play with me anymore. You're such a big jerk. I'm going to shoot your girlfriend in the chest. And so he shoots Heather (laughs) with a fucking bow and arrow. And then he tries to shoot Cheryl as she runs away. Heather is pierced, like, in in the sort of nameless space between her her right shoulder and, and her chest. The, the spot where, like, man, that's a really lucky shot, because it missed, like, anything important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think she's literally pinned to the chair. Like, she's oh, yeah. attached to she's that attached chair. She's attached to the chair. She's definitely bleeding out. But, like, didn't hit a heart, didn't hit a lung. Jason's second arrow goes right through the chest of Cheryl's fursona painting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is the real crime. People heal. Paintings. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, so over at Archie's, Archie comes back with that brewski, and he can't find Bingo, and then Archie jumps out of nowhere and starts fucking stabbing him, yelling, you aren't that smart! <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Reggie gives Archie a, a dagger of Megiddo right to the gut, and, and so begins uh, this four-way action scene, basically. Well, okay, I guess Jason began the violence. Uh, so, so Betty... Is investigating that noise. Mm-hmm. And it is Zombie Glenn! Frank and Glenn all stitched together. He's shirtless, so you can see all of the seams putting his various chunks back together. And he grabs an electric turkey knife. Yes! To chase after her. Over at Veronica's, she goes to, like, peek out the door, like, Abelita, why didn't you tell me you were coming? And she's like, it's because I wanted it to be a surprise, as she takes a giant fucking gun to the the little, like, peephole, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then tries to blast her into oblivion. So Archie and Reggie are having a uh, actual knockdown, drag-out knife fight. Archie gets stabbed so many times like, over the course of this. Like, Reggie's literally like, step, 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 steps. It is gruesome. While the Blossom Twins are playing deadly hide and seek through Thornhill. Marco Polo. It is actually Marco Polo. Oh my God. And she's doing Polo. (laughs) Well, he said he wanted to play a game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, And Veronica is running through her grandmother doing like fucking wrecking ball shit with this shotgun. They're tearing this set to the studs with the shotgun. It's great. And it's not like little like bullet holes. It's like (laughs) giant chunks missing. (laughs) As, uh, 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 who's left? Oh, as Betty runs to, uh, uh, the garage to get her own, uh, uh, powered blade, a chainsaw. It's for a different size turkey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's for this turkey right here. Yeah. And I love Glenn's look. Yeah. I love Glenn's look because they did all these Franken-stitches, with, like, a, a suit, essentially. Yeah. Which means 
he's just huge. Like, oh, God, he's so fucking huge. The, the nature of, like, putting a thing on a guy is I mean, he's bigger. So he's, like, a couple inches bigger on the shoulders, around the chest. because he's zombie bloated. Exactly. It makes him look like a fucking ripped monster. He doesn't look puffy. He looks scary. Yeah. Or, or maybe he worked out a lot and he just looked really slim in his suits for work. No. No? Okay. Uh, Veronica uh, rushes into a bathroom to to get away from Abuelita. And as she rushes in, she, she puts, uh, she touches the handles. And they get real fucking gooey. They get real gooey. And Abuelita blows the windows out of the... the bathroom door and reaches through to grab the unseen handle from behind to, to open the locked door and then she stops because veronica put a neurotoxin on the door mm-hmm. one that won't kill her but will give her uh make her paralyzed veronica's been practicing i'm real yeah. proud i'm real proud of veronica <laughs> like she's figured out different toxins she has and can pinpoint them like okay and where's she this been she didn't even have to lick the doorknob no It'd be pretty funny if she had to lick the doorknob, though. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, Archie now, uh, well, I guess he ran away a bit, and so now he's jumping on Reggie's back, and Reggie just keeps stabbing him more. He, so so Archie has Reggie pinned against uh, the wall or his dresser or something with his forearm to the throat, just trying to choke him out, make him go to sleep. And that takes a long time. It takes long enough that he gets stabbed 40 fucking times. And you know, if he did it in the real amount of time that actually takes, he would have gotten stabbed like 400 times, but <laughs> TV. But but yeah, Reggie goes down slow and hard, swinging the whole way. Oh, oh. Uh, Cheryl. What do you think Cheryl does? Cheryl, Cheryl fucking burns her brother to death. Uh-huh. Uh, during this scene... Uh, Jughead and Tabitha are enjoying their sandwich. <laughs> and Tabitha... <laughs> just just enjoying it. And, like, Tabitha suddenly has this look on her face. And he's oh like, what's God, wrong? Yes. And she's like, my sense of the divine is tingling. Someone's dying. <laughs> and she knows this because she is the angel of Riverdale. So she knows when people in Riverdale die. And so they That's rush a full-time out. job, let me tell you. <laughs> and who she knows is dying is Archie. And so she she rushes to Archie's side, like, comforting him. He's like, am I dying again? <laughs> but quickly, Bingo rushes in and starts licking his wounds. Yep, yep. What a good dog. What a good what boy. What a good boy! <laughs> now it's time for everyone's, like, post-fight scene with Veronica, like, comforting her grandmother, saying, This isn't you. You're being controlled by an evil sorcerer. It's not your fault. It's fine. Yeah, I did kill your son, but like, that's not what we're going to focus on right now. Polly uh, rushes to Betty and she's like, I was getting worried. I didn't hear from you. And she sees Betty at the table with the chainsaw and she's like, what the fuck happened? She's like, oh, I'm not really sure. Um, But I think Percival launched a stealth attack. And my old boss, Glenn, showed up as a zombie, and his body parts are twitching in the garage. And we go to see his twitching body parts. And it's great. It's pretty gruesome. It's really cool. And also, Heather's fine. <laughs> Heather's fine. She made it. Uh, they circle back to the comet. Mm-hmm. And Archie is totally fine. His injuries are gone. He is fully healed. And Tabitha's like, well, yeah, Bingo has healing powers. His saliva 
has healing properties and he licked your wounds. <laughs> His saliva has healing properties. We did say bingo had powers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't they don't miss a trick on this they show. They they're like, yeah. It's it's plotted tight as a drum, let me tell you. No loose ends here. Maybe they should have figured this out like earlier though. <laughs> Maybe he could have brought them back from the dead just by licking them. So after all of our heroes have had either a fight to the death or a sandwich, uh, uh, <laughs> Tony busts in and announces that the second stringers have put together a plan off screen. <laughs> And so she's like, okay, so, like, thanks, Kevin Moose and I thought up this plan. Uh, and she says this whole, like, metaphor about how the serpents have this thing about you always put a baby snake in its egg so it doesn't come back and bite you. Uh, what? I don't get it. But she's like, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go kick some ghoulies ass. Yes. And we're gonna do that by breaking in with baby Anthony, who Percival's terrified of because he's immortal. And they're like, okay. Yeah, and then baby Anthony is going to take out Percival. And they're like, but he's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, yeah, but, like, we've seen him grow up, and he's a warrior. So what if, like, Tabitha just, like, totally made him, like, old? <laughs> yeah, we'd miss out on his childhood, but that would be fine to save the world. <laughs> so... So Tabitha's like, yeah, I guess I could put him in the t- the hyperbaric time crib. And I love that Reggie's I just guess. there, like, holding his head like, what the fuck? So, so in Pops Royale, in, uh, uh, Tabitha and baby Anthony are inside Archie's uh, office with, like, the windows closed and, and the blinds drawn. And everyone else is waiting and just seeing... Pink lights flash. That's what time looks like. It looks like pink. Yeah. Disco party. (laughs) And she comes out and they're like, did it work? And she's like, yeah, it worked. And Fangs calls out, are you in there, son? And out emerges grown-ass Anthony, just like we saw a few weeks ago. I would like to point out that why it took so long is that Baby Anthony had to put on clothes as a grown-ass man in front of a stranger. Who taught him to speak English? Who taught him the voice of his father? He's, he's like, somewhere between 17 and 24. I don't fucking know, but he... <laughs> he comes out, though, saying, yeah, I'm here. We're gonna kick Percival's ass or what? Who, like... Babies are very, they pick up on everything they, going on. They're sponges is what they, they are. They just they're absorb little sponges. the world. Tabitha also didn't have to like see him naked. <laughs> and so Fangs is like, here, son, here's Percival's dagger. And Archie's like, yeah, if it hurt me, it will hurt him. So go stabby stab. What does this do for your prediction about Anthony and Veronica being endgame? <laughs> Do you feel like you're onto something Yes, here? I do. Because, like, he's now an adult and, like... Is he? I don't know. I don't know if he's 16 or 28. But you know what? I I think... I think it could happen. I mean, what he is, is, like, six months. <laughs> but... I mean, does that mean Veronica and Prince on him and then she still waits another 20 years so it's not, like, too weird? But it is time magic. He did live all that time, I think. 
Does he have memories? We see something like this happen later, and everybody has memories and experiences in that time. So yeah, he is a young adult. An incredibly sheltered young adult who's lived his entire life in one room. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know, PBS and, like, fast-forward it or something? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, how do you think he, he has such a fine vocabulary? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now it's time for Fangs to pep-talk the serpents. Yes. And that happens. Yes. Tabitha and Jughead need to have a little chat. Yes. Uh, a little, like, oh, do you think this will work? The Battle of Babylonium is, is one of the two ways she's seen them win. Uh, and Jughead's like, okay, well, here's the deal. Whatever happens to me, don't mourn me, chase your dreams, live your life. It's fine. And she's like, how the fuck can you talk like that? <laughs> and he's like, I lived a good life. Mm -hmm. I, I wrote a book. I fell in love. I've been to a different universe. It's cool. You know, if your girlfriend is an angel... She can just visit heaven, right? Like, you're fine. Right? If he dies, it's not like, over for you. Also, if he dies, does he still keep, like, his his powers? And, like, could he just, like, become a ghost in the Portal mortal Portal out of heaven? Yeah. And become, like, a ghost and come visit her. Because they have ghost sex. Like, currently? Well, no. Like, he's not oh, dead right okay. now. I mean, like, <laughs> when he's dead and he portals out of heaven and he's a ghost, could they have ghost sex? Mm -hmm. You can't actually have sex with a ghost. The most you can do is do a lot of pottery. That's what I've learned. And so Tabitha's like, oh my god, here's what we need to do. You need to open up a portal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's Be got a little planning plan. Tabitha would like to file a motion to change venue. Uh, Tabitha would like to explore uh, all the scenarios of the apocalypse in Rivervale. Yes, Yes, because, you know, uh, when she did her initial survey, the scope was too narrow. There, There's a whole other, there's literally a, a world of possibilities she has not uh, examined. So meanwhile, Cheryl rushes to Archie and she's like, hey, the comet isn't coming tonight. Percival can't read a calendar is what we've learned. It's tomorrow? So I don't know what the fuck's going on there. But we're, <laughs> we've set up Nana's telescope. We're going to watch for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll report back. So now it is time for the Battle of Babylonium. Uh, all of the serpents are banging on the doors, which have been barred. Uh, sigils have been spray-painted onto the doors. Mm -hmm. And uh, Twyla Twist shouts out, Don't open that door! Right as the door bursts open, throwing ghoulies aside. And you, I know... I know you've been wondering, what does it look like when Dr. Curdle Jr. gets in a fight? And let me tell you, this episode does not answer. <laughs> we do not get to see Dr. Curdle fight. We do not get to see Weatherby fight. We do not get to see whatever her name is fight. Because when it's actual fight times, all of the... The, uh, the ghoulies. All of the ghoulies are like action actors, are like stunt people and, and fight actors. Yeah. Our, our uh, substitute ghoulies are gone. We, we just see these uh, experts at making punches look good, taking stage punches from recognizable hero actors instead. Yes. Uh, and one of the big things that happens very quickly on is that Tony takes down Twyla Twist. And how does she do that? Well, she ducks like three punches. She's ducking and weaving, bobbing around the crowd. And Twyla Twist is like, calls her out down. And so she throws two 
ninja stars and directly they hit the face of Twilight Twist. And like one's like right in her eyeball. Yeah, it is amazing. <laughs> And she had, like, great force because those are, like, half-wedged in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an 80s movie for a second. It's great. And Twilight Twist is down. That's and the end of the fight. That's all she wrote. That well, Their fight. That's not quite the end of the fight. It's the only thing that matters in the whole fight. <laughs> Everything else is just a bunch of tussling. Well, yeah, tussling out there. But, like, Kevin and, like, baby Anthony rush in Stop. to Percival. Side by side, father and son. And Percival shoots Kevin. (laughs) He's down. (laughs) And to Anthony, he's like, who are you supposed to be? And baby Anthony's like, I'm your match. And I'm here to kill you. He's like, I don't think so. And he tries to shoot baby Anthony. And baby Anthony's totally fine. He's just like, oh, that's like a bee buzzing around me. Like, whatever. And he's like, what the fuck? And so baby Anthony's like, do you know who I am? And Percival says nothing, and instead he jumps in his little chair, and he does a couple spins, and he disappears. <laughs> and all that's left in his little spinny office chair Are is his... a pile of the clothes he was wearing. <laughs> and we flash to him completely naked. Mm-hmm. See, outside the doors of the Babylonium. Muttering a little them. incantation. Yeah, uh, uh, so the the doors are all glowy red, sealing uh, all of the ghoulies and serpents alike inside. This tells me is that we live in the same universe where powers are the same as the boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you have teleportation, your clothes don't go with you. Right. You're gonna be butt naked. And if you're if you're invisible, you're gonna be butt naked. That's not how that worked. In the boys? In the boys they were, but not here. Well then your your premise is flawed. But is it because maybe she did witchy? Mm. witchy invisibility not superhero invisibility hmm i have questions what would happen if you stuck a grenade up tabitha's butt (laughs) she would just like time jump it away yeah 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 is tabitha even in that scene i was searching for heather's name and i couldn't find it in time (laughs) is tabitha in what scene uh the scene where everybody turned invisible to kidnap uh uh percival Mm, i don't think so yeah Whoops. Sorry, Tabitha. I'm sorry. Sorry, Heather, too. I I, I did you both wrong. Uh, so, so meanwhile, Archie, um, uh, he's with Reggie and uh, Cheryl and them. He's like, okay, we just got word from inside the Babylonium. Percival escaped. Uh, Kevin got shot, but he's fine. This show hates Kevin so much that there was an all-out gang war and only one person on the serpent side was injured. It was Kevin. And it's Kevin Keller and he got fucking shot. Yes. <laughs> oh, hates Kevin so much. Um, and Cheryl's like, any sign of the missing craniums? And the answer is no. No. No, no. heads. Uh, and then Tabitha and Jughead come in and Reggie's like, where the hell have you been? Formulating yet another plan. <laughs> Eating sandwiches. Uh, so, so Tabitha fills they, them in. They visited the universe next door and guess what? It's got way better vibes. The vibes are great. <laughs> the energies are so much better there. She ran all the scenarios of the apocalypse. And they win in more than two of them. That's nice. And she's like, okay, so here's the deal. The battle has to take place at Pops, at the original location. Mm -hmm. And Archie's like, that's two hours from now. What the fuck? She's like, it's okay. Like, 
I sped up baby Anthony's life. I can also um speed up uh, us moving Pops back. Make a little time bubble. It's fine. This episode has maybe the most noticeable, at least special effects of any Riverdale episode. Yeah. And they really run the gamut. Because the twitching bits of Glenn look so good and so creepy. Cheryl's fire looks like trash. Ooh, ooh, not great. And the very fun practical bits of just like little squibs popping to blow the shit out of Veronica's apartment are so good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The the evil goo bubbling up in the cup, great. But all, all that to say now... Where we just film things in fast forward and have Tabitha composited in the middle standing in regular time? The simplest way you could have possibly shown this, it works, I guess. It's not dynamic. I think what's weird is we get, like, weird flashy lights for baby Anthony becoming a man, but, like, no flashy lights for anything else that's, like, a time (laughs) bubble. So, so yeah, it's just a, a fast-forward montage of people taking shit off the walls of Pops Royale and then hanging the shit back on the walls of Pops Prime. Yes. While wearing hard hats. Safety first, kids. Uh, Reggie does let us know that even moving in hyperspeed sucks. Yes. He doesn't want to do it again. Everyone feels like Ever- this. Everyone feels like, doesn't matter. It all sucks. Uh, so after they did that, they all went home for a little rest. <laughs> They need a nap. They were moving. They were so fast that in this two hours until the battle, they actually had some time to go home. They did a three-day move in ten minutes. Yeah, I want yet another sandwich. I cannot blame them. Uh, so meanwhile, Archie's waiting outside of Pops with a baseball bat wearing his Riverdale High hoodie. He's dressed just like... He's sitting vigil waiting for the Black Hood to finish killing his dad in yeah. early season two. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you. Percival shows up and he's like, oh, is this it? Like, this is all that's here for me. And Archie's like, well, where's everyone else? Where's your army? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but we do see that, like, Betty and Veronica and Cheryl are, like, inside Pops. Yeah, all, all the super friends are just sitting inside the window looking out at them. Through paint that promises hot dogs and such. Yes. Percival and Archie start battling. And Percival's got his mace. And Archie's from the got, pits of Asgard, yes. And Archie's got his baseball bat from the garage. <laughs> and they just wail on each other. They are kicking each other's ass. It's great. It's it's a fun fight. Well, darling, you're, you're the expert on stage violence. What do you think of this fight? It's good. It's good. It's good. There's a lot of great misses. There's a lot of great hits. Uh, you don't expect so many hits. When Archie goes down and he just uh, uh, wails on uh, uh, Percival's knee and brings him to the pavement with him. Oh, that. Oh, it hurts. It's good. And somewhere in the middle of this, all the friends have disappeared from the window. He's like, what the fuck? Where'd they go? And they are now surrounding him because... Percival Pickens might be an immortal sorcerer and student of witchcraft from from another world. He's still just a fucking nerd. You can just punch him. You just punch him. So they all start wailing on him. We got Betty. Betty just punches him in the face because he's just a fucking nerd. We got Veronica. We got Reggie. We got Cheryl, who's got her own baseball bat to wail into him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they just go... They're all like, this is our town, bitch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's Veronica's line. Yes. 
And so they're like, will you surrender? And he laughs and he's like, never. He's like, I'm a magic man, Mr. Andrews. <laughs> he says he's a magic man. He's not wrong. He's like, I've always got a trick up my sleeve. And he does some spell casting and fog comes in. And Jughead must return to his narrator role to explain exactly what happened. See, all of the people who were just kicking his ass had their powers turned against them. Betty, who has uh, a, now blind. a second sight, is now blind. Veronica's been poisoned. Ju- <laughs> Cheryl's frozen as ice. Reggie. So Archie, he was like, Archie's a statue. Reggie's a life-size dummy. So we're treating a couple ventriloquism lessons as a superpower now? <laughs> I'm going to say that Reggie Reggie's power is a bit more advanced that he hasn't figured out yet. It's that inanimate objects can talk to him. Mm. It's like Wonderfalls. Yeah, yeah. He has like a sort of psychometry thing. Yeah. And he just needs a couple episodes to develop it. Yeah, he doesn't know that that's what it actually is. Oh, like Jughead didn't know he really had brain portals. Yeah. 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 He just hasn't developed it yet. (laughs) But this is uh, uh, Percival's victory. He sees Jughead sitting in the Pops booth. One last guy to... uh, One last hurdle for his ultimate victory. So he, he climbs up the steps, opens that door, ding 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 uh, uh, steps inside and sits down at the booth across from him. And Jughead is dressed in his tuxedo from The, the Amazing Forsyth. Yes. And there's also uh, the ghosts there to yes. bear witness. The four witness ghosts of Pops are there to, to see the final battle take place. Uh, and our, uh, Jughead has set up a game. Dominoes, in fact. Uh, And he's like, I figured we would have uh, a game here. The winner takes the soul of Riverdale. And the loser gets a lobotomy. (laughs) And Percival's all like, you'll never break into my mind. Uh, Jughead's like, I believe in beginner's luck. Like, I can do it. Like, let's see how this goes. And so they all, like, close their eyes and they have a brain battle. They have a brain off. And it's our, I, I guess, maybe last vision of brain space and so percival's door is this ancient dusty vine encrusted like castle gate yes with a big like uh, old english stylized p uh, as a monogram on it it's really good it's really and, good and jughead's trying to get in it but it won't budge it won't open and so then we, we go to percival at Jughead's door, which, which is, we've seen before, we've seen before. It's covered in you know all the like keep stay out, out signs. Keep Percival, out. this means you. Yeah, he says a little incantation and it opens, and he goes to the desk that you know has Jughead's beanie and his comics, and he starts pulling them out and starts oh. ripping the comics. And when he makes a rip, we have a flash to a memory. Jughead losing his memory. And he, so it's he one of shreds the first kiss with Tabitha. And he shreds tagging the drive through Jughead was here before it's demolished. Yes. Oh, oh, memories that go right to my heart. And it like, you're so worried. You're so like, oh my god, it, it hurt. But then Jughead comes in. Into his own brain. Recursive Jughead. He's like, oh, it wasn't that hard to get in here, huh? Percival's like, oh, I was in here before, if you remember. He's like, oh, I, I do. Uh, that's how I came up with this plan, this trick. Trap. You could call it whatever, yeah. whatever you like. Uh, uh, so while you were in here, in my brain, uh, my friends were out there with your vulnerable body. 
And he's like, no, no, your friends are incapacitated. Like, no. I got more friends than you know about, asshole. Come on. And Jughead's like, well, here's the thing. You can beat me in Riverdale, but these are different friends. (laughs) And you ain't in Riverdale. (laughs) And so then we cut back to the pop spook. And Percival is there. Covered in blood, blood gushing and splattered all around him. He's been stabbed so many times because the camera makes a smooth, unbroken panorama spin around uh, uh, the Riverdale Pops Chocolate Shop, which looks identical because obviously it does. Everyone is there and they all have a dagger. And they're like waving the knife at him. Megiddo mass produced these fuckers in Rivervale, let me tell you. And Jughead's like, so how do those stab wounds feel? (laughs) And what happened was when Percival walked into Pops, what he was actually walking through was a portal to Rivervale. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And while in there, he was in Rivervale. And the again, the brain thing was a distraction so that they could stab him. What I would love, what I would absolutely love is if they came out and said that the Jughead uh, uh, Percival saw in the window of the diner was one of the veil heads there as a decoy to bring him through the door portal to meet the Jughead he thought he was approaching, waiting for him on the other side. That could be good, but like Jughead wasn't outside, so he could be in there. Well, that would mean he's visually seeing through universes. It has windows. (laughs) Yeah, windows into... Dale Pops, not windows into Veil Pops. Maybe it's a really big portal. Jughead could have made the portal, like, right as he was walking in. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He, he could have done it in that moment. There's a lot of ways to fix this problem that doesn't actually exist, but I just really like the idea of uh, uh, using identical twins for swapsies. Yeah. Especially when you're actor. <laughs> they don't look that identical anymore, though. <laughs> but they the Jugheads sure do. The Jugheads do. <laughs> but if you're going off of, like, his twin, Dylan Sprouse don't look a lot like Cole Sprouse. No, no. No. Um, so Percival's all like, but you can't kill me. I'm immortal. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, right now you are. But 440 years ago, you weren't. You were mortal. So Tabitha does her original version of her power. She jumps in time, but not in space. Right back to the sacrificial altar of 1580. And throws him on the ground and says, <laughs> Welcome back to 1580. <laughs> it is time to pay the piper. And by piper, I mean Mr. Cypher. Uh, and they're like, Hey, this old friend here is dying to reconnect with you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh uh-uh. If I'm not immortal, I haven't sold my soul yet. And Mr. Cypher's like, oh, well, if you look at the contract, it exists through all versions of time and space. (laughs) It's a contract written in perpetuity, and that means forwards and backwards, you son of a bitch. Get out of here. (laughs) Percival's, though, he's not going to go quietly because he's like, if I can't have Riverdale, then no one can. And he starts an incantation. He speaks his final Latin before... um, Cypher grabs him, and there's like a fire portal... Which is really fucking cool, actually. Yeah. Kind of wish Jughead had fire portals. That would be pretty neat. (laughs) Maybe we just wish Cheryl's uh, uh, fire went kind of diagonally. That's when fire looks cool when it's diagonal. 
So Cypher takes him away. Mm-hmm. Tabitha's back at Pops. And with him dead uh, uh, before and now, you know, for the last 440 years since. <laughs> they, they rush out. Because all, all of, of his spells have been broken. All the friends are safe. Uh, the the uh, Their other friends are released from their casino prison. So everyone hugs. Big hugs. Everyone is just so excited. Big long hugs. It's, it's just joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tony has finally found the heads. They were in the walk-in freezer of the kitchen. Yes. <laughs> uh, Betty supervises Dr. Curdle Jr. in his ghoulie gear as he... Sews the heads back on the bodies. Why does he need supervision? Is it like, it's pretty clear which head goes to which guy. She just likes to watch. (laughs) He likes the company. I guess so. Yeah, they're friends. They're besties. A lot has been happening recently. Yeah, they got a lot to talk about. Uh, So Cheryl does her spell. It works. Everyone's alive again. Uh, and she comes home to Heather, and Heather's like, uh, something's very wrong with the comet. It's gonna hit the Earth, right? Right? Like, everyone's speaking very like, oh, oh, you're gonna want to see this. And Cheryl looks through the telescope and goes, oh, and like, yeah, it's it's gonna hit the Earth. Yeah. But before we go break everyone's happiness and joy, we have to check in on everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Tabitha and Jughead are together. And Jughead's, like, very, like, you know... Why am I not dead? (laughs) It was a fixed point. You saw it. How am I here? And she's like, oh, I don't know, but, like... Look, I'm an angel. I'm not God. I didn't check everything. How much more obvious can we make it? I'm I'm very good. I'm not infallible. We all learned this today. Uh, Betty and Polly are having a nice hug with Alice. Kevin and Keller are with Tony Moose. Fangs and Anthony, and it's just a really kind of awkward, like... What What a family situation they have. How does Tom Keller talk about his family with the other guys down at the local or whatever? Like, how's how's the baby doing? Well, he's 22. (laughs) They're just all sitting there like they've seen some shit. (laughs) And they're all just waiting for the pizza to arrive. And no one can talk until there are some calories consumed. From this, I'm led to believe that Tom Keller is the first person in Riverdale history to come back from the flames of hell. That's why it's so awkward. Yeah. But that's not right, because Alice is here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Veronica and Abuelita are cleaning up the apartment. Yeah, and I think Smithers or a Smithers body double is, like, repairing the door that got shot through. Probably, right? He's just in the deep background facing his work, so I can't be 100% positive. Yeah, and Archie is enjoying a beer with Uncle Frank on the porch when Cheryl uh, and Heather rush in, and they're like, hey, and he's like, what now? You know, ring the (laughs) alarm, get everybody in your living room, because that's the new meeting zone. Pops Royale is spent. We aren't having any more meetings there. We're all just meeting at your house. (laughs) Which is where Cheryl tells everybody what was immediately guessable. The comet is on a collision course with not Earth, but the town of Riverdale in particular. (laughs) And we should expect an extinction level event. And Tabitha is like, ah, his final spell. His last, you know, spiteful promise. Ah. And she's like, the destruction I saw was not fallout from the war. 
but from the comet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This comet that is going to kill everyone and leave Pop's chocolate shop standing. Yes. <laughs> because just in case you thought that the, the scene of destruction would fit the cause, we do have to flash back to that original episode all the same. Yeah. And that is the end of the episode. That's it. That's it. So, darling, what did you think of chapter 116, The Stand? They made their stand all right. They really stuck with the trend of having the second to last episode of the season be everything. This is the most episode that's ever been in an episode. Like, okay, we still gotta wrap it up because, like, comment coming and stuff. So it's not, like, all wrapped up in a bow. But, oh my fucking god. They attacked Percival with three plans, each of which could have been their own episode. Yes. And that's after, again, two episodes worth of plot before the title card and first uh, uh, and first commercial break. There could have been a whole other episode of Tabitha going and, like, exploring universes. The, the adolescence of Anthony. The adolescence of Anthony. That's, like, a whole years. But, like... That's not how Riverdale rolls, baby. No. We... This, this, you get your money's worth. Money worth. Like, okay, it's been 116 episodes by count, but by, like, content? We're, we're getting the concentrate. We're, we're drinking the Minute Maid right out the freezer. I am very upset that they did not truly embrace Afterlife with Archie. Only one zombie. One zombie. One. And he was really more of a Frankenstein. Yeah. Come on, this was your opportunity. Zombies. Season seven. And here's where it really pisses me off. We have Bingo has powers. Bingo, Bingo has, has powers. healing powers. How great would it have been to have all the zombies and then Bingo, instead of an afterlife where it's like, you know, hot dogs spreading it because he's biting, he has the zombie juice and da 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 da. Yeah. He heals the zombies. Mm. Bingo needs to lick the zombies. Because <laughs> they taste like beef jerky. I guess that might be mummies. Never mind. Jason's dead again. Jason is dead again. Jason's dead again. That guy got like five lines and he's dead. That's five more than he's ever had before. Let's talk about the fact that Polly has not learned about this yet. (laughs) Polly's a single mother again. Polly has to learn about the fact that Jason's dead. And Cheryl's definitely not bringing him back because she was like, I should have never done this in the first place. Is Cheryl going to kill Polly? And Dagwood? Cheryl's got to kill Polly! And Dagwood. Firstborns don't count. She doesn't regret the plague of the firstborns returning. It's just the old moldy people. I. Th- okay, okay. Yeah. Has Polly been dead enough to count? She's been dead a while. She's been dead like a year. It's been a while. It's been, mm, JJ's been dead like 10 years. It's pretty old and gross. <laughs> I don't know if I even need to talk in this portion of our episode. It's pretty clear how I feel about this week. Like, everything I said about last week's episode times three, because that's exactly what this is. Yeah. It's everything all at once, uh, uh, pedal to the metal, just screaming constantly. So much. I I could hardly pay attention to what was happening because I was too busy cackling like a madman <laughs> as it went on. It's the good shit. It's the good it's shit. It's the good shit. It's just good shit. I enjoyed this. This is what I live for. It's these moments in Riverdale where they're just like, fuck yeah. I'm going. I'm going hard. I will get more zombies at some point. I'm sticking with Veronica hooking up with Anthony. Is that some weird ass shit now that he's an adult and he's there? Does he get to stay as an adult or is she going to rewind time and make him a baby? 
I'm, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, how do you rewind it? Because he's already lived a life, so then he'll still have those memories. The memories of the office. Then he'll just be like five from the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> and he'll be a 22-year-old in a six-month-old body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why... That's why the baby's the doll so is big. so big. You gotta fit a grown man in that baby. <laughs> anyway, it's time to talk about next week, the big season finale of the big season. My goodness. Chapter 117, Night of the Comet. This is named for a uh, uh, horror, I get horror comedy, lighthearted horror movie, Night of the Comet, where, you'll be happy to know, a comet passes over 1980s suburbia, and what happens? Zombies. Zombies! <laughs> Do I get zombies next week? And, like, they fight the zombies in the mall. It's a lot of fun. People should watch Night of the Comet. It's good shit. Does the ghost train still come with the zombies? I mean, the ghost train did blow up. The tracks no, are the ruined. the tracks blew up. The ghost train didn't blow up. The ghost train just gets most of the way there. Yeah. And the zombies unload. What if they hear a story about the ghost train in, like, Greendale? Ah. Somewhere Last between five before. minutes and five days. <laughs> last stop mm-hmm. beforehand maybe greendale always stayed in the same place but riverdale kept getting closer to new york city and that's, that's why, why there's this, there's time this weird elastic distance between them riverdale's actually on um uh it's on a fault line <laughs> i was gonna say like a uh an ice cap ah. that's just like shifting what we don't know is that Riverdale is an island seastead on a barge that's just been oh. floating down the Sweetwater River all this time. It explains why they now have, like, lobsters and canneries. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, this trailer is really about one thing. The comet! The comet is approaching and everyone is saying their goodbyes and deciding how to spend their last day on Earth. Which is... A lot of togetherness. It's a lot of togetherness. Everyone wants to die with the people that, that they're closest to. Archie proposes to Betty. Cheryl and Veronica kiss. Because we got to finish the chain, I guess. I, I guess if we're going to die, we might as well smooch. I don't, I don't really know. Polly is covering her, her twins' eyes uh, uh, as the comet makes its final approach in front of the combined uh, Cooper Andrews collected households, including Mary. I guess Mary decided she wanted to come die with her son? I don't really know why Mary's How there. did she get a flight at a time like this? Remember, the city was barricaded. Like, I'm very confused. Jughead and Tabitha are in their apartment with Pop Tate just as the sky lights up in fire. And it's, it's all just very serene, which makes me th- go back to the typical Riverdale season structure. Yeah. Like, the, the cliffhanger ending makes you think, oh, they're not done yet. It's still going to be wild fucking nuts action. But the trailer uh, uh, instead posits everyone's just going to sit and think and be because no matter how. <laughs> you can't outrun a comet. Yeah. Like, where's Jughead going to portal to? Mars? Like, there's nothing to do except just hold hands and say goodbye. Until maybe someone thinks of something. I don't know. I mean, somebody's going to think of something. There's a seventh season. What if, though? What if they don't? Oh, what if season seven, they just switch cast and it's all Rivervale? Rivervale. That would be pretty fun. Okay. That would be okay. sort of delivering on the promise of uh, an anthology show, which this never was. 
but I thought would have been an amazing twist for like the second season, different take on everything. It obviously didn't go that way, but how much fun would that have been? Season seven could be kind of doing that if it's just the Rivervale show for a full year. They could also pick a completely different universe. Yeah, Rivergale. Uh, There's so many letters. A couple ways they could solve this is Tabitha realizes that she could go back in time again and like redo it. Mm-hmm. You know. And Tabitha like gets lost in time and it's like the first four episodes of season, se- season seven are Something like rescuing that. Tabitha from history. Uh, Jughead could also realize he could portal everyone to elsewhere, such as other universes big portal that the comet goes through to just the other side of the planet and it just also keeps that, going away. That is also an option. Like, there, there's options. There's options here. Archie punches it real good. He punches it really hard. He's like, hey, Jughead, portal me up to it and it will hit me and bounce off my chest because I am invincible. <laughs> uh, this reminds me Betty of... Betty will look at its aura. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's red. It's going to kill a lot of people. <laughs> All, all this comet talk and how all of our superheroes are going to deal with it reminds me of, I think it was an Avengers book, where uh, all of the Avengers are, are like, put to sleep in a, a, like, dream reality, and they're all kept there because a meteor is about to strike New York City, and they all are using their powers to, to save the city, and that, that's why they're focused on that instead of focused on realizing they're asleep and waking up and saving the day for real. Mm-hmm. The way Spider-Man wakes up is he stops the meteor with a giant web and is like, what the fuck? This isn't real. <laughs> this couldn't possibly happen. This is a trick. And so he wakes up. Yeah. It's really good. What if Tabitha has to go visit God? Oh, what if she go bugs her guardian angel and demands to see God? What if God is played by Pop Tate and he's like... Well, I'm kind of the 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 grandpop of angels, and you know, I wanted to be familiar. Like that one time Raphael met you, and he looked like your boyfriend, and then your boyfriend's ex. You know, kind of like that. And that's why God looks like Pop Tate. Yeah. 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 All these questions will be answered. Will they? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Some questions will be answered again next week. Chapter 117, Night of the Comet. And that's the end. One more episode and then one more season. And that's all they wrote. Goodness, what a ride this has been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, it's not over yet. We still have one more of season six. We've got an off season. We've got a whole extra season after that. But with Percival dead, it can't help but feel like an ending, right? It, you, can't, you can't help but say ending things. Well, this this season has just been such a ride mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that... No matter what, this this is a monumental ending. I guess that's about it, huh? I guess that is about it. Thank you all for joining us on this, the penultimate episode of Season 6, uh, Riverdale Vale. R.I.P. Percival, uh, you are a bad man who went out in a bad way, and he deserved worse. Uh, if you would like uh, uh, to share this artifact of American culture in the year 2022... Mm-hmm. If if you think that this is something that deserves to be heard, deserves to be shared, and I uh, am definitely of that opinion myself, why don't you tell a friend about it? That's how we grow. That's that's how uh, uh, we we get people to join hands and look up at that great big comet in the sky and think, yeah, ventriloquism is a superpower. <laughs>
leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to our podcast. Uh, help the people find us. Help them find what they didn't know they needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to save Riverdale by filling the sky with stars, five at a time. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love to see ya. So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie... My body is coated in a special sealant. <laughs> <laughs>